Hi, friends. I'm Chandra Sanchez. And I'm Misha Lazera. And you're listening to Bandwives. baby girl how are you doing great feeling alive really just killing it over here how are you (laughs) i'm okay i'm okay what is wrong with the world right now misha help (sighs) i don't know something's going on and it's fine you know i'm really trying to identify with my feelings let them be when I'm upset or sad don't judge them just feel them I said to Claudio earlier I was like I think this is payback for saying that it's easier when you're gone how's everything over there talk to me give me give me some deets it's fine I don't know I'm working really hard on this book and then I'm working hard on this other book they want to see and I'm grading lots of finals. I, you know, I talked about not teaching anymore, but I have to finish this semester and I have to do the summer. And so right now I have about 800 pages to grade before final grades are due pretty soon. And that alone can feel like when I have big tasks like that ahead of me, I have this physical anxiety in my chest right here in my like heart center. And it's, it's like a dryer is like constantly tumbling at like full speed. Like it's about to like shake off, you know, and like break through the walls. That's the feeling (laughs) that I get right here. So that's kind of how I feel right now, along with like other writing stuff going on. And um, I have a story coming out in a few days. So it's just like, I don't know. I'm not processing these things very well and that's uncommon for me yeah my babysitter just got here and she was saying the same thing like she's feeling overwhelmed so I don't know I you know maybe it's allergies (laughs) (laughs) yeah we're rolling out of May here people but think about how you felt in mid-May I don't know if you're listening yeah I don't know what it is but ups and downs Mm -hmm. I just try to remind myself that and it's all part of the beauty of being alive yeah and finding how you cope you know for me it's like when I'm really overwhelmed and busy I do two things I get busier I pull more shit out of my hat and put it on my plate and I don't talk to my friends as much I don't know maybe that's like a pretty standard feeling but I don't like talking to people that I love when I don't feel like myself like an animal, you know, in the forest, and I have to go tend yes, to their room. Go, go die behind a desk. <laughs> no, you're just gonna like lay in a patch of like soft leaves and let yourself heal. You're not gonna try to get up and answer any calls. You're just gonna heal. Yeah, yeah. And if I start to not recognize myself, even if it's for an hour, if I have a thought pattern or something that comes up that feels not like myself it kind of snowballs into me questioning if I even know who I am. I'm like, well, is, do I even know me? Am I changing? Is this who I am now? Is, um, Mm -hmm. 
you know, it's like when a child goes to the dentist and is coming off of their anesthesia. Oh, no, this is just me forever. Wow. So I don't think I know who I am. I don't pretend to try to be. (laughs) I'm hearing you say that. I'm like, wow, I have given up the idea of fixed identity truly. And so I'm just out there all over the place flying around. I love that. I don't know. No, now that I'm thinking about it. Okay. So, you know, like an electron in a cell. Yes. I think like, depending on the type of element or whatever, there's numbers of electrons, but like they usually don't, they can like float around in the cell and be crazy. And they, and I think that's like me, there's probably a cell of like who I am and my identity, but mostly I'm just like this crazy electron. (laughs) You can tell I know a lot about science. You polka dots <laughs> just rolling in space, but yeah. with limits. There's, There's limit. maybe a limit to the, what I think of my identity, but, but I, I think I, like what, at least maybe you know what the dots are, right? Like you know what the interior is, and at any given moment you don't know which ball is going to come to the top, but you know generally like what you, is capable of coming up. And I think once in a while, like life will throw something really random in there. And it, it feels like just this like forgotten, mem- whatever it is, something that kind of pulls up and it's like, oh my gosh, like what is the world? Who am I? Where do I fit? What do I want? You know? Yeah, I do. When we were in the I'm... Poconos a couple of weeks ago, we had this conversation. So my friend threw his wife a birthday party. So we had to like answer questions about her. And one of the questions was, what word would she use to describe herself? Which is a very hard question. Um, and so we were hanging out in the Poconos a couple of weeks later. And we were like, wow, that was a really thought-provoking question. Like, how would each of us kind of describe yourself in one word? And it's a hard exercise. But, like, I think you can kind of pull something out. So that's kind of how I feel about my identity. My word was happy, which is dangerous. Because anytime I don't feel like I'm projecting that or I, I feel a little bit of nuanced emotion, I start to panic. What's yours? Interesting. I, yeah, putting that pressure on yourself, like the happy word, then all of a sudden, I guess my first thought that came up, I had to use one word was fun. (laughs) Oh, that's simple. (laughs) Yeah, but it's maybe nonsense because I can be kind of serious as a I feel like my personality type is kind of serious, but I love to have fun and do fun things. And I really focus on that and making life fun is really yes. important to me. So you are fun. I would describe <laughs> you as that to describe you. You can be serious and fun. You're right. Exactly. You yes. So today we're going to welcome to the show, Allison Hagendorf. With a career spanning more than 20 years, Allison is an accomplished music journalist media personality and influencer. In 2023, she launched The Allison Hagendorf Show, a weekly video podcast featuring interviews with some of the most globally iconic musicians and tastemakers, including Sheryl Crow, Joan Jett, Tom Morello, Willow, Paris Jackson, and Nandi Bushell, people you've never heard of. (laughs) Previously, she served as head of Rock at Spotify, as well as the host and executive producer of the Spotify original series Rock This with Allison Hagendorf which celebrates all things rock and alternative. The weekly show, which has been recognized for its overnight popularity by People, E, Billboard, NME, and Spin, features exclusive interviews with both legendary and emerging artists, 
including Queen, Miley Cyrus, Foo Fighters, Joan Jett, Rage Against the Machines, Tom Morello, Blink-182's Travis Barker, Machine Gun Kelly, Taylor Momsen, Youngblood, and Trippy Red. And we're so, so happy to have her on the show. Welcome, Alex. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to sit down with you ladies, for real. It's very exciting to us to talk to somebody who has such a deep knowledge of music because, you know, we see obviously one perspective on this show, the partners, and uh, thought it could be really cool just to kind of talk about like your experience, what you see and your feedback being in this world. Absolutely. And honestly, being a woman and just in general in this world uh, is is interesting every day. (laughs) (laughs) Being a mother in this world. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a little different for me because I'm not a musician and my partner is not the musician either. I'm just sort of the professional music fan. Um, and my husband's in the music business as well. So we do share that love, uh, and that passion of music, but, um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to connect with both of you because I think your lives are so interesting. You know, it's just, it's just the constant music is our lives. It's, you know, for all of us. What role does music play for with your children? You know, like what, how do you tell me more about that? I'm always so intrigued by that. At home, we have piano, the ukulele, you know, the guitar, the drum kit, all the instruments. And I, we both find that they maybe take it for granted because they are everywhere and it's so prolific that we'll say, okay, play the bass. Our oldest plays the bass, practice, because we want them to do other things besides you know, tech or TV or, you know, kind of keep them mm-hmm. interested and they'll be a little resistant. I think I'm wondering if they're, it's so ubiquitous in their world that, you know, maybe they don't really see it as something super special. That's they interesting. Rebel in a different way, maybe. <laughs> yes. Doing math and, you know, getting a lot of, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> see. I, it's funny. I found Claude or I found Addie in Claude's studio this morning, just like laying on the floor. And I woke up and I was like, what are you doing in here, dude? And he was like, I'm just at the piano store picking something out. <laughs> oh, my God. But they do. They just don't understand necessarily like how cool it is to have the stuff around or like in some cases, how expensive. <laughs> don't touch Yes. That <laughs> well, at, when when Cole was born, the best present I received ever in my life, not just for when Cole was born, was I have a ukulele from Eddie Vedder and I am a massive Eddie Vedder and Pearl Jam fan. And it literally, it's like signed to Cole, like this whole thing. And I like, I have a, we have a lot of guitars in our house. Just, I just think guitars are gorgeous. So it's almost like a form of art. Mm -hmm. Um, And I forget that I have like a toddler. (laughs) Like all of a sudden to my horror, I walk in and Cole's like banging the Eddie Vedder ukulele. And I am like, having a panic attack. And I was like, okay, that is totally my fault. I cannot believe I had that within like arm's distance. So now it's like propped up on like a fireplace mantle where it belongs in like a shrine sort of way. So yeah, lesson learned. One day he'll be older and he'll say, mom, can I play that ukulele that's signed to me? You'll be like, no, <laughs> no, actually, no, it's my, even though your name's on it, it's really for me. But I, I feel proud of my parenting because when I asked Cole that he wanted to be for Halloween, he actually was David Bowie. And of course, I like ran with it and got like a custom costume of like a Ziggy Star. I have to show you guys the picture. I feel very proud. It's like a very authentic costume. And I figured it's probably my last year. He's probably going to want to be like a dinosaur this year or something. So I was like, okay, let's run with the David Bowie this year. Yeah. 
that's amazing. We love we love Bowie in this household too. Of course. You know, I think it's cool to be exposed to music when you're little and just have a variety of options, things that your parents are listening to. Those things change your life. They do. There are lyrics that I still think about as an adult that made sense to me or felt really life-changing when I was a kid. And Misha and I recently did a playlist. We did like our childhood playlists that were important. And the songs are not good. <laughs> <laughs> Give me an example. Like what are some what are some songs on there? I don't even I don't know. What's the worst one? Well, there was a song from the Newsies musical, for example. Okay. Are you familiar with that? <laughs> I don't know. I hear you. Okay, of, fine. A lot of musicals. I grew up with a lot of Christian music. Chandra, your parents maybe had. I mean, well, I have Jimmy better. Buffett on mine, which was like my source of shame, but I love him. I, you know, I can't stop. <laughs> Great. Yeah. yeah. It's a fun exercise, though, to, you know, to kind of like think about what would be on your childhood track. Do you have one, a couple tunes that stick out, Allison? Well, I'm very lucky because I was raised when I was a child on Motown and like 50s rock and roll. So I feel very blessed that I was raised on awesome music. Um, and then I really fell in love with like R&B pop because that's what was popular at the time, yeah. you know? So everything from Michael Jackson, Janet Jackson, Whitney Houston, Belbiv DeVoe, you know, Another Bad Creation. I just, poison, you know, like with po like Poison was one of the best, best songs. I just loved all that stuff. And then it was hearing Nirvana Smells Like Teen Spirit that changed my life. That was like my turning point. And I can literally remember the day and everything about that moment. And that's when I discovered music for myself, you know, and that's where my personal tastes became my, you know, my badge of honor and my badge of identity. And it was that imprinting period, which is usually around 14, mm -hmm. um, 14, I think it's something like 14 to 20 or something like that is like your imprinting years that whatever you discover on your own during that time becomes part of you for life. Um, and that's definitely true for me. And that's when I, you know, got dropped off at Tower Records and read and learned everything I could about Seattle and alternative rock. And then I went back and really dove into classic rock once I once I realized that those artists influenced all the bands that I loved. So that's what I learned Bowie because Kurt Cobain covered Bowie. So I was like, I need to learn more. Of course, I knew who Bowie was, but I had to go back and and learn who influenced my favorite new artists. That's awesome. I mean, I'm excited to see what my own child is, but I'm also going to be very wary of his friends at 14 now that I know. Isn't that interesting? They, it's 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 like that 14, which makes sense because it's all the hormones and it's puberty and it's 100%. all the things. And that's when you really need to find your own identity and music is such a major part of that. I love that. Now I'm just thinking about Bon Jovi. He was my biggest love. I bought that record. Oh, he's 14. great. 14 was definitely my Bon Jovi year. So of course, interesting. I'm, I bet everyone's thinking about their favorite musician at 14 now. Um, Allison, what are you juggling this week? That's a great question. Cause I feel like I am always juggling 24 seven with like no reprieve. Um, but I, you know, for me with launching the show, um, and it's, it's my own show, so it's me, you know, and it's just, it's always a con it's a balance between guest outreach. So constantly always, you know, 
thinking about who is going to be future guests while also looking at the episode that's coming this week, getting the, this, I do sound advice, which is new music you need to know. So getting that together for the week and then also preparing any interviews I have because I bank guests as they're available because I'm sort of at the mercy of their schedules and like their touring schedules, as you understand. So it's always like, could be, you know, looking at my interview for this week, finding new music, preparing for a new interview, and also outreach for future interviews. So it's like an ongoing process with, you know, doing social media cuts. And it's just, you know, it's it's never ending. And then, of course, having my two little boys, it's always like a, a, a balance, you know, because my son, Cole, he wakes up at like five something shot out of a cannon. You know, I mean, it, it's, it's go time um, at like 5 a.m. and you know, Dylan, I have a nine month old too. So it's like, I have babies, you know, They're it's like, adorable. oh, thank you. Thank you. It's, it's a gift. It is, it is an absolute gift. It's just, it's, it's a lot. It's not easy. You know, it's just, it's not easy, but it's the most rewarding. And I feel truly fortunate. I really do. Yeah. Having kids is, it's all the things, it's all the things they say. It is. Are, do you have like a whole team? Are there people who are like helping you out? Like what's walk us through your day? Yeah, we're like, no. actually tell us how to do our job. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't have a team. It's literally just me. Um, and my husband, Brian, is awesome. And and he helps me when he can. But it is really just me. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's sort of just, you know, leveraging all of the wonderful relationships I've made over the last 20 years in the business. And, you know, just seeing... Mm-hmm who's interested and just, you know, I do it all myself. Um, with my show, I've partnered with studio 71. So they do the physical production of it. Um, so thank God I, you know, I go into a studio, which is great, um, for most of the interviews, but, um, no, I mean, look, it's, it's a lot and Cole thankfully now goes to school. So it's like, we could drop him off in the morning and then like all day, but Dylan's just a baby. So that, that is tough. So like you have to become really efficient because, when he's awake, I could barely do any work. I try, but he's the kind of baby who won't even be put down. So I'm like holding him and balancing him like while I'm typing. And that's ridiculous. So I am not that efficient. So when he goes to nap, I'm like, I have to get stuff done. You know, it's like I have a list. I have to like, I have like two hours. I have two hours to get so many things done. But I guess when you're forced um, to get things done, you get them done. So I guess it's kind of a time management thing. And it's a lot of lists because you don't have time to retrieve what needs to be done. You need to like look at it and move on. But it's for, but for me also, like preparing for my interviews, I am intense. I am hardcore. I treat each interview like I could write a term paper about <laughs> the person. I can write like a multi-page article about the person afterwards. Um, so I do a deep dive in research and I just... Like an actor, I guess, would like preparing for a role, like processing. Like I kind of do that around the guests and I listening to the music or watching interviews or just reading. And I just I do it. I do it up. And I think that's my biology background because I actually graduated pre-med. And I think it's just like that that studying for like an organic chemistry test or biology exam. And you like lock yourself in your room. And like I kind of do that with my interview prep. So I guess it, even though I didn't go to medical school, it's sort of like the prep for it and the studying. I kind of apply it now, but just for rock stars instead. <laughs> well, being on the other side of hearing about interviews, I can tell you that it's very much appreciated by the artists because nothing is worse 
And when you walk uh, into an interview and they don't know anything. Well, it's disrespectful. You know, I, I don't understand how the entire thing about an interview, it's sort of like a date in a way, you know, yeah. it's like it's really just two humans. And the way you're going to get a good conversation is trust. And it's that initial rapport. So if you are showing your guests that you haven't taken the time to learn anything about them, it's not getting that respect that is so essential for that initial first, you know, impression. And that's true of anything, whether it's a work meeting or a date or, you know, just meeting someone for the first time, regardless of dynamic. It's just you want to kind of make that initial first impression that you care. And it's like showing that you care about that person and their story. Okay, so pre-med, that was out of left field. Yes. Is there something else that you that you think that listeners would be surprised to hear about your life? Yeah, I guess the science background is definitely a fun fact one. Like I love watching Jeopardy. Like I'm a total nerd. I'm a total like academic school science nerd. I love it. When I was like growing up, I knew that I always wanted to be a television host. Like that's just always what I wanted to do. Um, I'm from the MTV generation, so I wanted to be at Matt Pinfield. I wanted to be an MTV VJ, but I also loved science and I loved like I wanted to be like either like Dr. Drew on like Loveline or I wanted to be like Steve Irwin, you know, for like mm -hmm. Animal Planet. Like I knew I wanted to do television for one of those passions. So I ended up picking the uh, the music route. Um, but um, I guess that is sort of unexpected. Fans wouldn't know about my science nerd background. And also that um, things aren't easy. You know, it's 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 it doesn't matter how long you've been in the business. It's always a grind. It's always a hustle. You know, it's always hard work. It doesn't ever like get easier. It's just different. It's just different, you know, um, but I'm working just as hard and diligently and nonstop as I did 20 years ago. Just in, it's just a different landscape, but it's, the hustle is still strong. <laughs> I love it. Honestly, I'm like, I'm grateful to hear it from you because you can kind of think, oh, there's this momentum, right? There's this idea that, oh, the momentum is gained and you're kind of like rolling with the momentum, but it's more like, you no, know, I wake up at 5 a.m. and make my own momentum every single day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think the balance is hard, of course, being a parent with it. And and also, like, um, I think people just don't realize, like, how much goes into it. Like, I have my own show, but it's it's just me. You know, it's not like I have a team or, you know, anything glamorous. It's literally just me doing the show. So, but I'm proud of it. It's DIY. It's so DIY. And that's a, that's a work ethic that I've always had. I'm proud of. I always respect when artists have that same work ethic because I have that work ethic. So it's that, it's that DIY punk rock, you know, um, perspective. And that's why it's good. Thank you. Well, my dream would be to have a team. So maybe at some <laughs> point that would be my dream, but for right now, um, it's it's working out and it's it's very exciting and I'm excited about guests we have coming up and I really love that I pride myself in in having a wide range of guests you know having for I did a women's history month and I was really proud that I had you know Joan Jett and Cheryl Crow obviously icons and then having younger artists like Willow and Nandy Bushel you know like the next generation of superstars and I'm proud of that I'm proud that it's 
it's, you know, past, present and future of, um, of great talent and great personalities. Yeah, I love it. And that segues actually right into our next question, kind of about, you know, we, we've, you know, seen all this amazing stuff you've done in the music industry, a woman in rock and roll, and it's so inspiring. And so maybe a little background on what on what you're proud of three things past, present and future. That's a great question. I think I'm proud that I turned my passion into my life. I I thought that pre-med, I thought that medicine was going to be my life. And then the music was just going to be like for fun, but I kind of switched it <laughs> and made my passion for music, my life. And now I just like watch Jeopardy and like read science articles. Um, so I kind of switched it, but I'm really proud that I made my passion my life and it has not been easy and it's not easy now, but I am, a lot of people can't say that. And I, I am proud that I saw that through and I continue to see that through and continue to evolve and have had many iterations of it um, that led me to doing my own show, which is really what I always wanted to do. It just took a lot of time to get there. And, and now I'm here. So I'm very proud of that. I'm proud that I made a life for myself in Los Angeles, which I can't believe because I'm such a New Yorker. I'm such a New Yorker. I said my whole life, I'll never leave New York. New York's the greatest city on the planet. I still think New York's the greatest city on the planet, but I stopped hating on LA as a New Yorker <laughs> and I absolutely love Los Angeles. I love Southern California. And I'm proud that I kind of made that move away from my roots and my family and my friends, which is very difficult. I had this feeling I was supposed to be here and I think I was because that's where I met my husband. That's where I have my children. And I'm proud that I made a life for myself here and followed this weird calling um, and made it and made it happen. So I'm proud of that. Um, and I guess I'm proud that I continue to stay true to who I am. I think that authenticity and kindness is essential and compassion and empathy and no matter what's happening in our crazy worlds and all of the darkness and toxicity, unfortunately, that exists, I really do try to be like a, like a beacon of light and to make someone smile and to share um, love. And I, and I really do practice like an active love, like an outflow of love and positivity. I just try to make people smile, whether that's people who are dear to my heart or strangers. Cause I think I really do believe that if you make someone smile, it kind of puts it into the universe and forms a little bit of a blanket of positivity. Um, we need it. We need it. So I'm proud of that. Yeah, we do need it. And I think that's a really wonderful goal. Yeah. I saw like a brief Instagram thing about if you can just make the world 1% better, <laughs> yeah. it's 1% better than you're doing enough. And I felt that was kind of a load off, but also really inspiring. It's just like, remember just to make it 1% better every day. And it sounds like that's like exactly what's happening and what your goal is. So I, I subscribe to that for sure. I think it all it comes down to like science though. It's like an energy thing. Like energy can't yeah. be created, destroyed. It just can be transferred. So I just try to put out positive energy and I hope that that transfers into the universe and stratosphere. So yeah, like positive energy is a pathway and negative energy is a block. Yes. Anytime that I've encountered you um, through the years, like have left with a really positive, beautiful energy. I really Aww. respect that about you. I think it's great that, you know, you're taking along women with you 
So I'm glad you like LA, but you can always come back. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I think I, I even think that like loving mentality, I even do it in my work because, you know, rock and roll is my soul, you know? Um, but I even try to celebrate the genre and the culture by evolving it. You know, when people are like, that's not rock or that's not rock enough. I'm like, that's not helping. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Not helping, not helping. So like, I really get behind young people and the future because if we're always going to be purists and always say, well, it's not as good as it was, it's never going to be as good as it was. It's like, it's not, it's, it's a different time. There's never going to be like a Led Zeppelin or like a Nirvana like that, you know? And instead of getting depressed, it's sort of like, well, those people came from an amalgamation of things before them. So this new iteration, it's an amalgamation of everything before it. And that's cool. That's a new form of art. So I always try to get behind people who have the passion, talent and work ethic and drive and support them yeah. and sort of be like, this is rock too. Like this is rock and roll. This is cool. This is alternative. This is interesting. This is artful um, as opposed to being like, like a rock purist. I'm not, I'm a lover. I'm very inclusive. Yeah. I love that. No more gatekeepers. Right. No. And, and the evolution is so natural. So it feels like trying to fight it. would be. It's like that rigidity in music that got the industry in trouble in the first place. You know, it's like right. not being able to change and to open up and adapt the world that our children are growing up in is totally different. And the music that people yeah. are going to be listening to in 30 years, their experience will be completely different from ours. You know, you're right. You're right. That's a great, that's a great point for sure. Yeah. Just trusting music to be a reflection of the times, I guess, is kind of like all art has always been a reflection of the times. And so maybe thinking about it, you know, in a positive light and saying, what, you know, it's a, not only an evolution of all the music, but it's a reflection of what we're all experiencing. Um, and that can make totally. it anything interesting. Also, music is not about what it's called. It's about how it makes you feel. Oh, yeah. There's that. So it's yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, who who cares what it's called or the subgenre or like what your references are calling it. It's just like, do you like it? Does it make you feel good? Does it pump you up? Does it make you feel mournful because you're in that mood? Like that's literally all that matters. So yeah, that's it. Well, I know that you have relationships with couples in the music industry. Do you have any thoughts on how to approach partnerships well or in like a notably equitable way? Yes. I think in general, whether you're in music or not, any partnership is going to be successful with a mutual respect. There has to be a mutual respect, a mutual support, and a partnership, an actual partnership. I am so grateful I have that in my marriage. I feel so lucky. Uh, Brian and I are an incredible couple. We just, we respect each other. We love each other. We support each other. And I think it's always seeing it from your partner's needs and from their perspective. Um, one of the greatest couples I know in music is uh, Perry and Etty Farrell. They are amazing. I love them. They were at my wedding. They are goals. They are totally goals. Their love for each other. They're affectionate. They respect each other. They support each other. Um, they work together. I mean, Etty's in the Jane's Addiction performance night after night. I mean, they work together. You know, they do Lollapalooza together. I mean, it's so cool to watch. And uh, they're just beautiful people. They're very kind, giving, generous. And uh, they're supportive humans. They're good humans. And I and like I always see their relationship. And I'm always like, that's beautiful. 
I'm glad to hear it because I have never met them, but I see their relationship on the internet and it looks that way. So it's wonderful to hear that it it goes to the core. It is that way. It is that way. And then I also love, um, I love Andy Black and Lilith Czar, aka Juliet Sims, who is like my little sister because I signed her to Epic Records mm-hmm. in 2008. And she like lived with like, I, she, Juliet Sims and Lilith Czar. I've been a big supporter of forever. And I love their relationship. They are, are really beautiful together. Um, and again, it's just this like kindred spirits, creative partnership, support, love, respect. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. So we were out with Jane's a few years, years ago. And I love watching them with their kids. Yes. And just that relationship and seeing kind of like what it could look like. Yeah. You know, sometimes when you're opening, it's not so pleasant. Um, and they were just so gracious and lovely and continue to be, you know, in our dealings. With them. It makes it feel like, okay, this can be done. It can be done. And, yes. and Perry and Etty Farrell are a perfect example. And they've both been doing this for decades. Yeah. You know, it's impressive. You want to see those examples, you know, in, in not just in music, but in real life, but also when you're doing this sort of thing in music where it's maybe seems hard to come by or there's this kind of mythology that it should be hard. It's so wonderful to see that. And I feel like I saw a picture of you hugging Bono. Is that right? <laughs> And I, I like love his, his wife very much, too. She's amazing. Yes. And I love their relationship, like from what I see, you know, another great example um, I don't know them intimately by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> what does Bono smell like? Yeah, you hugged. You hugged. <laughs> I love Bono. I don't know if you look at that picture again, I'm literally have like muscles flexed because I am like embracing him in like a very intense way. It was one of the best days of my life. I love you two so much. I'm probably the biggest U2 fan. Um, yes, but like his relationship with his wife, I mean, beautiful, committed, dedicated, loving, supportive. They have like this beautiful family and their, their children love each other. And they love, you know, it's just, it's, they're just a wonderful family. <laughs> just yeah. Love the Houston's. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's another great example. And thank you for bringing up my hugging Bono. So it was like <laughs> one of the best moments of my life. And <laughs> I like to share that and talk about it. So thank you. Every time we see you from now on, we're going to drop it in casual conversation. <laughs> yes. Thank you. So good. Yeah, that was amazing. It made me happy. I could feel the love for sure. <laughs> okay. We've got some great insights from you. This is one of our favorite questions, albeit it can be a little sticky. So I'm excited to hear what you have to say, what you know to be true about yourself, the world, and the universe. I feel like I may have kind of touched on that earlier, just that what I know about myself is that I'm always true to me. I've always been true to me. I'm the same person I was as a child, a teenager, a young adult. Now I'm always, I've been the same person. People who've known me through the years, I'm the same. I'm always, I've always been the same way. I care about people so much. I am loyal. Um, I'm honest. I'm hardworking. Um, I'm proud of, of, of who I am. And I love to support other individuals. And again, just passing on that positivity and that celebration of life and love and each other. And I've always been that way. And I'm proud that I'm still that way. Um, the universe, I do think that people are innately good. That's sort of an Anne Frank quote, but if Anne Frank can think that, then we can think that too. 
Um, I, re I randomly reference Anne Frank all the time just because I think that when I read her diary in high school or whenever it was, it like it touched 14. me in such a way. Yeah, again, yeah. you're right. Yeah. It's back to that imp imprinting impressionable age where I obviously could not fathom what Anne Frank experienced. And it's so horrific that anything you ever think you're going through is like nothing, literally nothing. Um, but I, I always quote that if she could think of the world, people are innately good, then I could think that too. And I do. And um, again, just trying to tap into that goodness in people. My goal is to always find that the goodness. And when people do something that is frustrating or I don't agree with, I always try to see it from their perspective because they are innately good, although they're saying something I don't agree with. So why are they saying that? Like, where what's their background? And I think that um, if we kind of all saw things that way from a empathetic, compassionate lens, then the world would actually be better. So I kind of, again, goes back to that energy, positive energy begets positive energy. Um, yeah. And it's about like, if you can make your micro, you can't control the world, but if you can control your own world and make it as positive and fruitful as possible, then it will sort of like filter out and trickle out to the rest of the world. We're, we're getting into our quick rapid fire questions. Okay. The first one on the list is what are you binge watching or reading or listening to? I watch a lot, a lot of television, like great series. And I do it after the kids go to bed and it's like quiet for the first time since 5 a.m. Watching tele great television really sh like turns my brain off and it's wonderful and I can escape. So I really watch a lot of and I love love documentaries if there's a documentary i will watch it on anything i love to learn stories i love it um but right now i love ted lasso i love how wholesome it is i love the life lessons it's hilarious i love the pop culture references it's so great brett goldstein is so genius and if you guys haven't watched shrinking i highly recommend that too same writer brett goldstein from writer he's roy kent on ted lasso He's also the writer for Shrinking, which is absolutely hilarious. It's a brilliant show. And then I'm also watching Dave. Do you guys watch Dave about little Dickie? I watched Dave. Yeah, it's really funny. He's so good. He, this it's season so good. Is like, it's funny to watch like when a show gets like more money. or Yeah, yeah, <laughs> how it changes. Yeah. No, he's hysterical. He's so funny. He's really a good actor. Like he I'm is. very impressed. I think Dave is absolutely like hilarious and very well done i recommend it i haven't watched that i haven't watched it what's it on um, maybe hulu hulu it's on okay. hulu i think yeah i don't know how to do the search out <laughs> but i'll find it but i did like i have like shrinking i started it and i think it's really funny it's and so good i didn't know it was written by roy kent so yeah. <laughs> yes yes are you guys in the succession uh train I am not on it because I couldn't get through the first season because the characters were so deplorable. It was upsetting me so much. I was like, you know what? I don't need this in my life right now. <laughs> Give Same. me some Ted Lasso. Fair. Give me some Ted Lasso. Yeah. Yeah. But I know it's amazing, right? You you feel bad liking even one of them because they're just terrible, but you have to, you know, you have to pick a yeah aside it's 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 rough yeah, yeah we tried yeah. adam and i tried and it was the same as allison said we just couldn't 
get into it. They're so unlikable. But Matthew McFadden, I are, I have like this deep, deep girl crush from uh, Pride and Prejudice. He's in oh, Joe Wright's Pride and Prejudice. Right. And so it's hard for me to see him be so awful. I feel like that's why I couldn't do it. Okay, so I'll be honest with you. Until last night, when I finally watched like last week's week's episode, at the end they have the recap and the actors talking. Did not know that ninety percent of the actors are so British. <laughs> That's how talented they are that you can't like get a trace of an accent. Is the dad Scottish even or something? I believe like so much yeah. crazier accent. Yeah. Um, what about reading and listening to? I know you have so much time on your hands. <laughs> yeah, I just don't, I don't have a ton of time no. to read. Um, I read Dave Grohl's book, which was phenomenal. That was really great. And then he did like a limited like run around the book and he did yeah. like a storytelling. It's st yes. really the storytelling. Mm -hmm. So he did like storytelling. And then like at one point he like gets on the drum kit and tells about like, playing smells like teen spirit and i started hysterically crying <laughs> i was not anticipating oh. my reaction but he started he it was very emotional the way he set it up and how kurt came in with the song and sh showed the picture of the drum kit that he played it on it was like this whole setup and then he gets on and he starts playing the drums to the song and i got really emotional and it, that was also one of a, a highlight for me like the bono <laughs> hug <laughs> And Dave Grohl playing drums and Smells Like Teen Spirit for his book tour. Those were two epic moments for me. That book is great. He seems like another one who just always has positivity, like seeping oh. out of his pores. The gifts. Why I love him so much. Yeah, he's yeah, been married a, a long time too. I think he's been with his wife for many years. Mm -hmm. That got me a little emotional. Just hearing you <laughs> tell him, it sounds amazing. It was special. Okay, here's a very good one for you. I don't know how hard this is going to be. If you had to choose one, what would your theme song be? My theme song would be Whole Lot of Love by Led Zeppelin. That was easy. You knew. That's e It's yeah. easy for me. It's easy for me. Led Zeppelin is, is my favorite band. Led Zeppelin. I would say Led Zeppelin and, and U2 is my favorite current that's still creating music and touring band. Um. And so, yeah, Led Zeppelin, I just, I kind of, it's my, my go-to. Led Zeppelin's pretty much my go-to. It's my default. Atlas had his morning school playlist on the drive to school. He had Black Dog of all the songs. I love that. And it was an uncomfortable couple of months. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Yeah. Got it. Got it. I, I actually have another question that somebody had brought up before a past guest, Ali Colleen, who's this country singer. She's incredible. And she said she likes it when people ask her what her favorite campfire song is. Oh, let's say you're out by the fire. You have people over. What's the song that you want to hear that makes you feel the moment? I, I love Bob Marley. And I think that if you were to pick one artist, you know, that everyone can love, everyone can love timeless, ageless, Bob Marley is one of a kind and I'm committed to learning to play on the ukulele the Eddie Vedder ukulele I'm committed to learning to play multiple Bob Marley songs um and my son Cole loves Bob Marley and I just I think my answer would just be anything Bob Marley great choice yeah it is a good choice for like the outside everyone's exactly. chilling especially exactly. in southern California too. that's a great question I like that one
So you've given us a lot of your time. Um, and we have one last question for you. Uh, you know, as a working mom, you're juggling your one woman show soon to be (laughs) soon to be a full team because we're manifesting it right now. That's right. Thank you. When you do find alone time in those wee hours, what guilty pleasures do you have? I feel like I have zero alone time, like full disclosure. It's something I need to work on and figure out because that's probably not great. Um, but it's just where I am in my life right now with my career and the two little ones. Mm-hmm. If I ever have alone time, I love, love to put on a playlist that I have made and go for a walk slash hike out my door. One of the advantages of living where I live is that I live like in like kind of the mountain. So out my door is a hiking trail. And that is beautiful. I love to be near nature. That goes back to my science and biology days. So for me to put on my playlist and go for a hike by myself and see mountains and red-tailed hawks circling and soaring, like that's my happy place for sure. That's my medicine. It's great medicine. It's real. So that's amazing. And so I... I'm the same way. I love a walk alone almost every day. It's like you my walk to oh, I mean, totally. I go to therapy too, but it's also my right, therapy. right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. If I had more time, I would do that every single I day. I think there's it's like a walking meditation. You know, it's yeah. it's so medicinal uh, for so many reasons. Every time I do it, I feel like God. I need to do this more because one, being alone is important. Two, putting on music just uninterrupted. And to be near nature, that's it. That's therapy for me. Yep. Good. It's good advice. Just five minutes, you know, sometimes. Yes, exactly. Whatever it is, just around the block. With a good playlist. So not our playlist that we made. I'm not walking a new <laughs> Questionable. <laughs> maybe one of Allison's. She yes, can maybe please. say. Yeah, I will share. I will share. Yes. Uh, awesome. Well, we really, really appreciate you taking your time. So Aww. great. Thank you for having me. You guys are great. Misha's got to go to swim lessons. We do. Yep. But I really appreciate I feel Aww. so inspired. I really do. So I, yeah, I appreciate you coming on. And now it's time to go to swimming lessons. Yes, it is. I mean, yeah, not my swimming lessons. So I would love that. <laughs> of course. At first I was like, good for you. Perfecting your uh, butterfly stroke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would love that forever a student. Mm -hmm. That's what keeps you young. Yeah. It's science. That's right. That's right. All right, Allison, have a great rest of your nights. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. All right. Take care. Okay. Bye. Bye.